0: Vegas baby Vegas it is the even money podcast and if you're looking for a place to make your online wagers head on over to betonline.ag they're your online sports book experts and you can use the promo code podcast one to get a 50% sign up bonus today he is Steve Fezzik check him out on Twitter at FezikSports. except no imposters It's at Fezzik Sports. That is his only Twitter handle. There are people out there trying to be Steve Fezzik imposters. Don't let them. At Fezzik Sports is the one and only, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling. The Super Contest at the Westgate Casino out there in Vegas. Steve, it was an up and down weekend that ultimately ended up flat. We'll get to that momentarily. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, journeyman, who has a bunch of podcasts, a bunch of media gigs. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. The shows are all available at Ross dot com or wherever podcasts can be found. And the official podcast Twitter handle is at RTF podcast. That's the best way to follow us to know exactly when each podcast has posted. One of you guys tweeted me yesterday and said, Ross, can you please post this week's even money podcast before World War III just in case? Got it. Uh, message delivered. Well, we're posting it now. Uh, I should also mention before we get into wildcard weekend and give you our picks For the divisional round. I do want to mention Manscaped. Because several of you. Have been taking advantage of the code money. At Manscaped. Which is awesome. If you're not familiar. Manscaped is the best. In men's below the belt grooming. It's precision engineered tools. Specifically. For your family jewels. So at least twice in my life. I used to use like those little scissors and as I was trying to trim, as I was trying to manscape, I nicked my skin because you kind of pull the hair and then you try to get in there and you cut it and sometimes the skin's like coming up with it. It's not good, very painful and then it was like just bothering me, that open cut in that area for, it stinks. That's why people smarter than me said, you know what we should do, we should come up with an electric trimmer that's perfectly designed for your nether regions. So you won't nick or snag your you know what's. It's perfect. You don't use the same trimmer on your face as you do on your balls. No, absolutely not. They also have the crop preserver, which I didn't even know you could have deodorant for your balls, but you do and you should. Because you don't want that to be smelly either for a lot of different reasons. Here's the deal I got for you. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code MONEY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use that code MONEY. Manscaped.com, code MONEY. MONEY. All right, Steve, let's start with that Bills-Texans game. Now, when we record the podcast is the line we go with. I guess a lot of people got the Bills plus three. Uh, for our purposes, it was Bills plus two and a half. I loved the Bills getting two and a half, and I really loved it, Steve, when it was 16 nothing. Although... I knew that they were settling for too many field goals and that they weren't putting the Texans away. They allow a couple touchdowns and two point conversions and a field goal. And Josh Allen has a terrible fumble and net net. I didn't even push game goes to overtime. I lose two units by half a point. That was uh, my most frustrating loss of the weekend by far. Steve, first of all, I, The Bills were my favorite team I played for, so I have an affinity for them. Secondly, they were the far better team in that game. There is no way they should have lost that. Very, very disappointing.
2: Sacked Watson seven times. Should have been eight. They They're after him the entire game, and I still can't figure out why the Bills in the second half went away from their rushing game with Singletary, who was having great success and went with an empty backfield. In the second half, most of the time, along with overtime, still trying to figure that out.
0: Yeah, and and not only that, I mean, how about them going forward on fourth and 27 and Allen doesn't even get the ball in the air? I mean, okay, let's throw it deep and maybe we get a pass interference. Maybe we catch it. Maybe they intercept it. All right, I can maybe live with that. But wow, absolutely wow. They're actually really fortunate that they stopped the Texans on that quarterback sneak. Otherwise, they never would have gotten the ball back, and they never would have had a chance to even take it to overtime. So that was a disappointing negative two units for me. Made up for it, though, in the nightcap, Steve. You and I both had the Tennessee Titans. Uh, It was our only best bet of the week. Two units on the Titans getting five points They win the game outright by seven. It was no fluke, Steve. Uh, They ran the ball right down the Patriots' throats. Derrick Henry getting a lot of credit, but wow, the offensive line really impressed me in that one. The Titans end up winning 20-13 with the Logan Ryan pick six late, and we both get two units. Pretty rare to see that happen to a New England Patriots team. I was almost hesitant to do it just because I thought, well, they won't play that way two weeks in a row at home. They did. I mean, that that was who they are this year, Steve.
2: Just could not score enough points on offense. And how often when they get the ball on the one-yard line, the Brady sneak comes and it's unstoppable with three wide receivers out there and they just didn't want to do it. So they, at the end of the first half, they couldn't get it in first and goal from the one. Edelman has not been 100%, only got three catches. And with him being the only reliable receiver, Jacoby Myers, no. Dorsett, no. Nikhil Harry, no. Uh, Josh Gordon moved on to, well, other pastures. And who knows what A.B. is doing. New England just could never find any playmakers. They missed Gronk. And uh, the offense sputtered the whole second half of the year.
0: Yep. Uh, But... We benefited from it. We had them on a best bet, which is nice. It was our only best bet, and we each got two units out of that. Then we head to Sunday. The Saints, eight-point favorites over the Vikings. The Vikings, uh, I put one unit on the Vikings getting those eight points. You did, Steve, a two-team, two-unit teaser. You teased the Saints down to one and a half you tease the Eagles up to seven and a half and you lost both and you only need to lose one does it make you feel better or worse when you lose both in a situation like that
2: makes me feel worse because basically got two games wrong but doesn't cost me anything extra and you know the Vikings they played very well their skill position player guys have been injured and Dalvin Cook looked 100%. And Adam Thielen, who has been a no-show since October. Since October 7th, Thielen just barely has been over 100 yards receiving. And he got 129, Ross. So that was a big difference, and that really assisted Kirk Cousins. Vikings played very well.
0: Yeah, that was – that was my, my the thing I've been saying about it, Steve, that was no fluke. I mean, they beat their butt. You know, up front, both sides of the ball, they ran it really effectively – with Dalvin Cook. Defensively, Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter were killing people. I mean, the the Saints are actually really fortunate that that game got to overtime because the Vikings thoroughly dominated. I mean, if Taysom Hill... I mean, Taysom Hill was the only reason, Steve, why the Saints were even in the game.
2: Yeah, Taysom Hill arguably played his best game of his career, and it's scary to think what would have happened if Taysom Hill... Had not been there to throw the touchdown bomb to um, to uh, go ahead and make all of those plays and on special teams as well. So take away Taysom Hill, and the Vikings are styling win by double digits.
0: The last game, so I, I got a unit up there. You lost two units there with the teaser. Last game was the Philadelphia Eagles against the Seahawks. I put a unit on the Eagles getting a point and a half, and uh, very, very frustrating because Carson Wentz got hurt after nine plays. Not only frustrating, you know, that it greatly contributed to me losing my bet, but also just that didn't get a chance to see what he and that group of guys could do. A very unfortunate injury. Um, I will say this, Steve. He was pretty much the best quarterback, and they were one of the two or three best teams in the red zone all year. Even when they were struggling, they were good in the red zone Uh, You never know what would have happened. You never know what would have ended up going on with the Seahawks on their side of the ball. But I I know this much. The Eagles would have scored more than nine points if Carson Wentz was the quarterback of that game. Did they they win the game or not? I don't know. I probably lean towards yes just because of how good he was in the red zone. But unfortunately, he got hurt and didn't get that opportunity.
2: Yeah, 17-9 with two cracks in the red zone with Josh McCown, and they come up bagel-bagel. You figure, um, worst-case scenario with Carson Wentz, it's 17-9 to with the similar um, situation. He gets them into the end zone once, and then do they get the two-point conversion to get to overtime? And that's really worst-case scenario. So Seattle, their running backs were terrible, both of them. Homer and um, Lynch averaged one yard per carry, that is not a buy sign on Seattle going forward. This was more about the Eagle injuries than Seattle winning the game.
0: Uh, did you agree with both decisions by the Eagles to go for it rather than kicking a field goal?
2: Yes. I think a good, a good rule of thumb is that when there's uh, – once you're, you're below eight minutes and you've got a reasonable fourth down and it's a one-score game, you should go for it. I will say this. If the Eagles were down seven, I think it's a no-brainer. You have to go for it. And this, this is when Garrett kicked the field goal against New England in that situation. It was an identical situation. If you're down eight, there's always the concern that they, all the announcers say, it's a one-score game. Well, not really. It's really a one-and-a-half-score game because you're, there's no guarantee you get the two-point conversion. So because of that, I would have been okay to take the field goal. But um, if it was up to me, I would have gone for it.
0: I kind of agree. I mean, they hadn't been able to score a touchdown the whole game. You don't know if you're going to get down there again. So, um, I'm with you. I agree. And I thought that they did the right thing by going for it. And really, Steve, if Miles Sanders catches the one, he easily gets the first down. He might have scored. But then to your point, they still would have had to get the two-point conversion then. So, for the week, Steve, you and I both were totally flat. Uh, Uh, We are both exactly even for the week, um, but we did gain an edge there with one win on the best bet. So 29 wins on the best bet, 22 losses, three pushes. And then for the season, I am still up 24 units. You are still down one unit, but we will fix that this weekend in the divisional round. First, though, I just found out about something, Steve wanted to make sure you and the listeners were aware. It's a way to make money from Super Bowl props. There's a live event on Sunday, January 26th in Newark, New Jersey, called CapperCon.com. Again, C-A-P-P-E-R-C-O-N.com. CapperCon.com. They're having a live panel with three professional bettors, You'll get winning plays from three of the best bettors in the business. Go to Capricorn.com for all the details. Obviously, it makes sense to have it in Jersey, Pennsylvania. They both legalized it. You can also win a free entry into the Westgate Super Contest worth $2,000, along with other great prizes for attending. Go to Capricorn.com January 26th in New Jersey, Capricorn.com. Pretty cool and let's speaking of pretty cool, let's give people some pretty cool bets for the divisional
1: round. All right, we will start with the Minnesota Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers. We've got that game, we've got the other 3 as well and all these lines. Of course, as you all know, presented by betonline.ag using the promo code podcast1. So, we will start off with the 4:35 Eastern game on Saturday. Vikings plus 7 at the Niners with an over-under of 44, Ross.
0: Yeah, and I got to tell you, uh, I like the Vikings. I'm kind of rolling with the Vikings. You know, I don't understand why they were such a a big underdog last week. I don't understand it this week. I mean, I'm looking at them. They've been in a lot of playoff games. They're battle-tested. They've got a good quarterback. He's a top-ten quarterback in the NFL. They have a top-five running back. The offensive line performed very well. They have one of the top five wide receiver duos. They have one of the top five D-line duos in Everson Griffin and Denil Hunter. Eric Hendricks is a stud. On the back end, Harrison Smith is a good player. Anthony Harris, I don't get it, Steve. Two more units on the Vikings getting seven points. Now, I don't love, you know, the short week. I don't love back out to the West Coast, but they're feeling good about themselves. The Niners were not as good of a team late in the year. We all know that. Jimmy G's first playoff start, I don't know. I like the Vikings. Two units on the Vikings getting the seven points.
2: All right, I'm going to pass the game, but excuse me, my power ratings absolutely love the Vikings because I only have San Francisco two points better than Minnesota right now. So three for home field, that would make this game five. That's a great overlay with... um, this line being seven instead of five. However, I don't like the spot at all. Like you mentioned, Ross, short week for Minnesota, off a huge upset win on the road in the Dome. So now they fly back to Minnesota. Now they have to go out to the West Coast. Kirk Cousins has not been good if he doesn't start in his preferred time slot, the 1 o'clock Eastern time slot. It has been dramatic, the difference in his results if, the, if you bet on Kirk Cousins with a one o'clock Eastern start time, you cash two-thirds of your tickets during his career. Any other time, and of course, a lot of these were prime time, big games, you cash one-third of your tickets. So Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in the NFL to bet on if you get his preferred start time. The worst quarterback in the NFL if you don't, and there's been a lot written about how He is a organizational freak. He loves to stay on routine. So knock him out of his routine, not nearly as good. So because of that, I refuse to bet on Kirk Cousins with this being a 135 Pacific time, start time. But um, love what I saw from Thielen. Love what I saw from um, Dalvin Cook and the defense. So Vikings, the buy sign otherwise is blinking. And you nailed it, Ross. That San Francisco defense, not nearly as good. First seven opponents. Held every one of them to 20 or fewer points. Since then, their middle linebacker goes out. Now they may get him back. Is he going to be 100 percent? Probably not. But there's four guys missing from the D line, and it'll be five if D Ford can't go. And that has compromised the defense. So I will pass the game. But the numbers say Vikings.
1: Steve, the Tennessee Titans, huge underdogs. They're getting 10 points at the Ravens. 46 and a half is our over/under.
2: I'm going to go under the total for two stars. There are 47s available there, so I um, certainly should grade me on 47. i got to tell you, I think both teams are going to run the ball. Certainly, we saw that the Titans won the game by just feeding Henry over and over and over again. So that's 30 carries he's had the last two games. Will he still have fresh legs? We'll have to see. He's never had 30 carries back-to-back games his entire career, but that's got to be the Tennessee game plan play keep away. And frankly, I think Baltimore is going to have a whole lot of long time consuming drives. They're going to run the ball as well. The weather's not going to be good. It's going to be windy. We might get rain night game in Baltimore in the wintertime. And with both teams um, having long time consuming drives, I'd lean actually to Baltimore a little bit, just because they've been awesome since Jimmy Smith and Peter's Went ahead and took over at cornerback for them. Jimmy Smith was hurt the first half of the year. That defense has been really solid since November. Baltimore has outscored their opponents since they got both their cornerbacks by 21 points per game since November 1st. So they are just hitting on all cylinders, but I'm going to go under two yards.
0: I'm with you on the under. Uh, the Titans absolutely want to try to shorten this game, and will do that. And the Ravens run the ball a lot as well. The only thing that gives me, I I like the under and I like the Titans getting 10 points. The only thing that gives me hesitation with that, with both of those really, is that the Titans are the first team, or the only team I should say, in the AFC playoffs, Steve, that haven't already played the Ravens this year. And I bring that up because I feel like the Ravens, are almost like an option team in college football, like Army or Navy or whatever, and in the sense that your scout team really doesn't do it justice. You're just not ready for it. You haven't seen anything like it. And I think that you're much better off if you already saw it once. The Titans did not. So I just wonder if they get behind early. Do they stick with the run? Because I think they will get behind early. So, will they stick with it or will they panic? That's the question. I'm going to join you on a best bet. Two units on the uh, Ravens under 47 for both teams. And I'll put one unit on the Titans getting 10 points. That's a lot of points. They're a good football team. Um, But I'm only going to put one unit there. Two units on the under, I, I tend to agree, should be a lot of running.
1: The best bet.
0: On to Sunday, Ross, another one with a
1: big point differential. It's a nine-and-a-half-point spread. Houston Texans are getting that nine-and-a-half points at the Kansas City Chiefs, Our over-under is 51.
0: So this is a weird one for me. I am loathe, absolutely loath, to lay that many points. But I also think the Chiefs are going to smash the Texans. I don't think the Texans are very good. I think the Texans are happy that they just won a playoff game, luckily, in overtime. Steve has talked about it a lot on the show. I think that the Chiefs are the best team in football right now, up there with the Ravens. Those are the two best. And I just think the Chiefs are going to beat them. I think they're going to beat them by double digits. Uh, I just It makes me nervous when it's nine and a half points like that with a backdoor cover late. So I'm only going to put one unit on it but one unit on the Chiefs laying nine and a half points in a divisional playoff game.
2: I'm going to put two units on the Chiefs. Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. They, the, um, you can argue they or Baltimore are the best team in football. I'd make the case that Baltimore is the best team during the regular season, but here in the playoffs with the experience, suddenly that's going to favor the Chiefs. Bottom line is with a healthy Mahomes, Kansas City's 10 and 0 this year. to start the season, including a win against Baltimore. Then he has ankle issues and, of course, the kneecap issues. Matt Moore has to play three games, and the Chiefs struggle for a while. And then when Mahomes got healthy again, they rolled, winning their last six games. And that defense just keeps getting better under Steve Spagnola. took a while, but um, that defense is playing um, in the last six games as well as any team in the nfl and i get a wounded houston team that um doesn't have that kyle fuller if he comes back the number two wide receiver is not 100 percent and he's really important to watson and let's face it buffalo got up 16 to nothing against this team in houston that means kansas city could get up 26 to nothing uh this could get ugly early absolutely kansas city two units best bet the best bet
1: Final game, Steve. Seattle at Green Bay, where the Packers are laying four points at home. Over-under is 47.
2: Small lean to Green Bay, but i got to make my case for I don't like either one of these two teams. Neither of these teams is a contender. They're both pretenders. Seattle wins their playoff game against the Eagles because they get to face McCown. Seattle averages one yard per carry with Travis Homer and Marcel Lynch. I mean, I know Russell Wilson is awesome, and Metcalf had a coming-out party, but this is not a good Seattle team. Their defense is not good. The problem is, is that Green Bay isn't very good either. Green Bay was 13-3 and three, but got outgained for the year, so Green Bay struggled in the stats all year long, and eventually the stats catch up to you. But um, Seattle actually got um, – they barely outscored their opponents and went 11-2 and two in close games. So Seattle is fugazi. Green Bay is overrated. We'll bet against whoever wins this game in the NFC title game. We pass this game.
0: I don't really have a very good feel for this one. This is the one game that I'm just going to pass. You know, I think Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in football. I think he's amazing. Uh, they do have a tendency to keep games close. The Packers were impressive in that win over the Vikings. If I had a lean, it would be Seattle and the points. But they're not a very good team. I mean, it's really Russell Wilson and those two receivers. They don't seem to have a whole lot other than that. That's a pass for me. I'd probably lean to Seattle with the points, like I said, primarily because they have Russell Wilson and those receivers. Steve, we have time today. It's been a while. And we haven't had a chance, but we do have time to get to an email question today, which is awesome. The email address is Ross at Ross dot com. And if you ever do anything to support the show, whether that is making a purchase at the Amazon banner ad on the homepage at Rostucker.com dot com or just rating and reviewing this show or even taking advantage of any of our sponsors on the sponsor tab like manscaped or bet online you can ask any question that you want this comes to us steve from Ryan Daniel and appreciate the delay Ryan we do it when we have time for him greetings from north of the border canada loves you both been listening to you guys for 3 or 4 years now always enjoy your point of view great stuff I am noticing that we're seeing a lot more teasers from you guys, but notably teasing down on the favorite. Is it more advan- advantageous to tease down on the favorite or tease up on the underdog? I'm noticing on the early release, this was a while ago, that Baltimore was plus seven versus KC. That's crazy to think about. I teased my bet to plus 14. Keep up the good stuff and keep finding new ways for the people to win money. Cheers. Again, that's from Ryan Daniel, north of the border. Good question, Steve.
2: Wow, and that one was a little while ago. What was that week three, Ross, that um, Baltimore went to Kansas City. I believe that game opened seven and crashed all the way down to five. So, um, in general, the key is whether you're teasing up or down. I like to tease home teams because there's less variance and the performance of home teams. And I'll certainly take a plus two home team up to plus eight, like we did with the Eagles, plus one and a half to plus seven and a half, same thing through the one and the seven and like to tease down from a seven and a half or an eight or an eight and a half down to under minus three on the favorites. The one thing I am going to say, Ross, I've always teased up the plus seven and a half. I might have to consider trying to catch plus eight because more and more games are landing eight, and obviously the Seattle-Philly games, both of them, landed Eagles. um, They were one-half-point underdogs, and the Eagles lost both of them by eight points. But because of the analytics, guys, when you're down eight, a lot of the teams are going for two now. And so because of that, games are landing eight more and more than they ever have in the past. So because of that, I think eight might well be a number worth Trying to get in a teaser, so when a team's a one half point dog, I might have to play six and a half point teasers and get up to plus eight. I'm gonna have to look at that. That's um on what one of my projects this summer, see how often eight lands.
0: Good question. Really good question. It feels like it's more now where eight lands than it used to be. I'm not exactly sure why. That's just kinda anecdotally. We also have the national championship game on Monday night in college football, Steve. Last I checked, LSU was laying five and a half points. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, and some sixes are popping up. And, you know, sometimes in my handicapping, I use what I like to call the rule of two to determine what the right side is. And what do I mean by that rule of two? What would I do if the point spread was moved two points in either direction? So at the current market number of five and a half, you know, if LSU was laying three and a half against Clemson, games in the Superdome, so nice um, home crowd, for LSU sure but that looks not unreasonable to me all year long who's the better team been eh, LSU's been a little bit better than Clemson but Clemson has all the experience however if I moved it two points in the other direction and I made it LSU minus seven and a half there's no way I would think about ever betting LSU Clemson would be an obvious huge bet for me so the mere fact that if I move it two points in one direction, I'm not even interested in Clemson. Necessi- I'm sorry, in LSU. But if I move it two points in the other direction, I love LSU. Means I think I got to bet LSU in this game. I'm still doing my work on this one, but certainly strong lean. I'm sorry, I, I may have said uh, bet LSU. Strong lean to Clemson plus the five and a half.
0: Interesting. I, I, I kind of go back and forth on that one. I kind of think it's LSU's year. I think I kind of think it's LSU's time, and I wouldn't be surprised. If they win by more than a touchdown, I'd probably lean LSU, which goes against what I normally like to do. Um, Brian had a question, too. Brian doesn't get to chime in with questions very often. Go ahead, Brian. All
1: right. Thank you, guys. So, Steve, I'm looking at betonline.ag after we ran through the four divisional round NFL games. And right below that, I see Super Bowl odds. NFC getting three and a half points. AFC obviously laying the three and a half points. So the question is, how do you play that with obviously not knowing who the teams are?
2: I actually will make the case that that is a light line and should even be higher. And here's why. The two best teams in the NFL are Baltimore and Kansas City. Both of those teams are about 10 points better than average. And they're on a collision course. Whoever wins that game, and likely will be Baltimore, Kansas City, will be rated even higher. Let's go to the NFC. My best team in the NFC is the New Orleans Saints. They're out. Just behind them is the wounded San Francisco 49ers, and I have that team, San Fran, four points worse than Kansas City and Baltimore. So best-case scenario for the NFC is San Fran gets in there, and they should be a four-point underdog by my power ratings. But what happens if the 49ers don't get in there? And now you're looking at either the Vikings, Green Bay, or Seattle, and all of those teams are significantly worse than the 49ers, and frankly, the Vikings are the second-best remaining team. If Seattle or Green Bay gets in there, the AFC is going to be minus seven. So I think you got a free roll here. If you bet the AFC minus three and a half, worst-case scenario, I think you're going to be staring at minus three and a half in the Super Bowl. Best-case scenario, the AFC is going to be laying seven and a half if Green Bay or Seattle gets in there. So I think good bet right now on the AFC.
0: Excellent work, Steve. I love it. Hopefully we'll have an awesome divisional round. so fun watching the games. It'd be nice to be up a little bit in those games rather than just pushing. But uh, as long as we're not going down, I can live with that for right now. Speaking of living with it, I can't live without the BetQL app. So hopefully you guys feel the same way and you've already downloaded the BetQL app. Even if you just check out the free portion of it, I'm pretty sure you'll want to subscribe after that. The information is so good. The BetQL app or go to betql.co. If you don't want to download another app on your phone, just go to the website betql.co. That'll do it for the Even Money podcast. Albert Breer was awesome on yesterday's Ross Tucker football podcast, as was Andrew Brandt today. You guys already know about the Amazon podcast landing page if you click through the banner ad over at rostucker.com on the home page if you just want to contribute via paypal you can do that as well apple podcast rankings and comments go a long way for us so we really really appreciate those of you that do that other than that good luck everybody hope you guys win some money